0: The Viewpoint with Songhe on Mondays and Tuesdays, 8 till 10 p.m. The Knowledge Transfer Network Global Alliance Africa is a pioneer project within the UK government's innovation, innovation partnerships with Africa agenda, which looks to build a stronger UK, Africa and pan-African knowledge and partnerships that enable connections to innovators for positive change now the mission is to connect ideas people and communities to respond to socio-economic challenges and drive positive change through innovation this is a six-year project funded by uk aid through the global challenges research fund and the uk's foreign commonwealth and development office On the line now, Fredo Jacobs or Jacobs, the Knowledge Transfer Network's global alliance, Africa's country lead for South Africa, to tell us more about this. Good evening, Mr. Jacobs or Mr. Jacobs. Please confirm the pronunciation. I've been schooled once. Once is enough for me in one day to be schooled on the pronunciation on something as personal as a name. How do I pronounce your surname, please, Fredo?
1: I'm very happy with Fredo. Thank you very much. Um, But Jacobs is most appropriate.
0: Certainly. Tell us more about this alliance of parties coming through together for Pan-African and UK-Africa innovation and related development.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you know, I would, I would hate to call it parties in the golden climate, but most uh, no, certainly um, it, it is a Pan-African um, intervention, and like you said in your introduction, uh, it's a six-year project. That's uh, funded by uh, UK Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, the FCDO, and then of course BASE, which is the Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, um, and um, it's driven by uh, UK Innovate, and what uh, we're really uh, trying to achieve between uh, the Global Alliance African partners, which is in this case Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa, um, is to strengthen um, not only knowledge exchange, but also commercial and economic relationships um, um, between the UK and the Eastern countries. Um, and uh, we, we're hoping um, that our approach, um, that is bold on what they've or KTN or the, uh, has achieved in the UK over the last 40 years, uh, we could hopefully replicate um, and shorten the timeline in Africa.
0: Specifically, when this is unpacked, what does it look like? Who does it engage? Where? At what level? What is this exchange? How is this exchange facilitated? Just, I mean, it's, for me at this stage, it's still a little blurred and somewhat utopian in terms of understanding the concept behind it all. Could you break it down in practical terms?
1: Most no, certainly, yeah. Um, so, in practical terms, we look at innovation as an economic construct. Um, So from that perspective, the lens that we're using is is a uh, market-focused lens, and this is really saying that how can innovation make a difference on the ground? And uh, I think like trying to probe in practical terms, what does it mean for the man on the street, the man on the ground? Um, and, and and that speaks to economic development so uh, we, we're looking at innovation from a market orientation um that talks to economic development first um, and and hopefully inclusive economic growth uh, that will lead to job creation and eventually poverty reduction um and and those are the three big uh, overarching focal points in practical terms it means collaboration um, with governments investors innovators and really bringing those communities together to strengthen the ecosystem around collaboration and collaboration here obviously pan-african but also uh, not only with the uk but also uh, the EU, um and um that also then means, uh, you know, you need to lay down some practical interventions on the ground, and that's what we'll do over the next five years. And we got uh, four very specific interventions planned for that, and I'm happy to unpack that for you. Please do go uh, for it as well. Go ahead. Um, so what we're with now is place-based innovation, um, and that's no different from. Uh, What you find in uh, what they've done uh, utilizing a really cluster-orientated approach in the UK, or regional economic uh, growth and planning, and you might be familiar with the Oxford Clusters and the Cambridge Clusters. Um, And uh, the biggest part of the story there is collaboration, which is between academia Um, technology transfer out of university ecosystems, collaboration with business and uh, the corporate um, support and commercial companies, Uh, and then, of course, getting entrepreneurs, investors, um, and especially to lead these companies forward, getting the right jockey on board. So from that perspective, we have an initiative or intervention that we're rolling out in cartoon now called Place-Based Innovation. And uh, what we're busy with now really is diagnostics to understand where are the gaps, um, where can we support innovation practitioners. Um, and we've got a MOU with TR, the Technology Innovation Agency. Um, um, we, we would want to take that uh, to a national scale uh, once we've understand what's happening on the ground um, from a place-based innovation perspective and especially in areas that are perhaps um, not so well served or so well supported um, in the current innovation ecosystem dynamics the other intervention um, that um, we've also uh, initiated uh, is open innovation and this is really um uh, making our knowledge transfer management um, expertise available uh, to commercial companies, Uh, something we've been doing in the UK for quite some time with uh, a variety of uh, commercial entities. And this is really saying, let's outsource your R&D for which you don't have capacity internally and let's see if we can... uh, address that challenge you might have uh, with innovative ideas from startups that might come uh, from a grassroots level or from any university um, as long as we can solve the problem and given that it's an internal problem in your supply chain or value chain um, there might be a commercial Opportunity then
0: so sorry Fredel, can I just ask to you to put that thought on ice as you conclude the yes, fourth please. pillar open innovation? I have to take a break right now. Thanks. The viewpoint 8 to 10 PM, flipping conventional wisdom on its head. We're back. We continue the conversation with Mr. Fredel Jacobs, the Knowledge Transfer Network, Global Alliance Africa's country lead for South Africa. And when we talk about the nations that are affected, I understand these nations to be Kenya, Nigeria, and indeed South Africa. But perhaps before you talk about why these nations, South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, specifically, are part of this network, you just want to finish off the fourth pillar. That being the Global Alliance African Network is predicated on the strengthening of investment pipeline, the place-based innovation, the knowledge governance I mean, innovation governance and knowledge exchange and now open innovation. And specifically, you were talking about the R&D that has to take place within the company insofar as it unlocks certain blockages within its work. you want to take it from there, Fredo?
1: Yeah, thanks. Yes, most certainly it's it's really just saying to large companies that here's an opportunity for you to work with subject Matter experts uh, that you might not have in your current uh, human capital pool, um, and which are go out there and challenge um, new technologies, new thinking, um, and see if they can solve this problem for you. Um, and uh, it's 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 really a, a very um, innovative way of bringing together new ideas, new technologies. Um, that might sometimes have not been even looked at in an industry. Um, So there's, you know, a multi-sectoral approach, there's different industries coming together, etc. And it becomes very exciting. And, you know, the companies eventually evaluate these solutions um, and it might well present a really good opportunity And that got uh, business longevity in terms of of a business model and profitability when they implement the solution. So, um, yeah, we're doing doing one of those challenges in the circular economy in South Africa. And uh, what's exciting for us in this case is that we're trying to address both the informal economy as well as the more sophisticated part around e-commerce and see how we can bring those two worlds together and hopefully build together
0: i was having a conversation with somebody earlier today who is in the higher education space and he has told me he has tried for quite a while eventually the dam wall broke because his idea was just one that could not be ignored but it didn't come without the pomp and ceremony of what he termed as british arrogance I'm asking this question in the light of the recent near diplomatic row experienced by the country when the D.A., not the DI, bigger pardon, when the U.K. put South Africa on the red list insofar as it relates to the travel restrictions where there was no scientific basis to make that decisions against the other countries who had far worse COVID numbers than South Africa, but who allowed the kind of free pass that everybody now enjoys, including South Africa. To the extent that then there is this anxiety that the former colonial masters still has an attitude when dealing with the African continent, how would you reply to that? I'm mentioning these examples because these are live examples of people in business and even at a diplomatic level that is something, not even recent memory, that is live or hardly the dust has settled. How do we ensure that partnerships of this kind don't carry an equal sentiment to that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a very fair question and, and really valid. Um, I am in no position qualified to, to, to comment on, 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 on something that widely, but I think from a layman's opinion, um, what was fairly evident is that there was a disconnect uh, between uh, scientific evidence and political sentiment perhaps, or political utterances, um, but like I said, you know, it's it's, it's it's I'm not in a position to comment on that. What I can say from a practical perspective in relation to how this project is set up and the way we're approaching this is, is exactly what we're doing in Cheng. Now we're doing diagnostics. We're asking for people to, uh, uh, you know, join us in focus groups and tell us about the experiences uh, we're asking for innovation practitioners to uh, tell us about where they see gaps. Um, and and uh, we, we're really approaching this from a perspective of saying, how can we help where we can add value? Um, and how can we coordinate, connect, and collaborate, um, not only between these three countries and the UK, uh, but obviously um, getting this Out into into the wider uh, um, society in relation to to where we positioned as a country, um, but also the UK as well as
0: Nigeria and Kenya. About Nigeria and Kenya, um, Kenya, especially between the three countries, I gather, that is probably leading in the innovation and the tech space. How were Kenya and Nigeria selected to be part of this network? What do they, as it were, bring to the Lions or to the network?
1: Yeah, um, I might slightly disagree in terms of Kenya leading. um, You know, South Africa... Um, and Nigeria, most certainly have the fear cases of, of, of very uh, innovative uh, companies, and you would have seen in the news not so uh, long ago um, of, of, of very good investments, not only in fintech, but um, in biotechnology uh, and the likes. I think the contribution of all three countries is, uh, geographically, uh, to start with, uh, there's representation in east, west, and in the south. Um, uh, then, uh, obviously, if you look at trading relationships, um, uh, again, from a geographical perspective um, and historical perspective, uh, those countries share fairly well uh, in terms of trade relationships with the U.K., Um, And and I think historically going back as well, the diaspora uh, out of the UK, um, uh, both Kenya, Nigeria and South Africa, uh, most certainly, I think, presents an opportunity, especially if you consider to the post-Brexit, to to create um, a global alliance that will strengthen economic relationships um, into the future.
0: We certainly do wish this alliance all of the very best. Thank you so much, then, for sharing your thoughts, Mr. Fredel Jacobs, KTN, that's the Knowledge Transfer Network. He's the country lead for the Global Alliance Africa uh, in relation to all of the things that he has said. We have about 15 minutes left of the conversation, and the conversation, as you know, is about health. So after the ad break, Dr. Jose Letlap, in his personal capacity, will be talking to us in the general sense about the health promotions level. Levy and how there is discussion about increasing that so as to make allowance for other socio-economic benefits in the country the time is 21:30 after the break our final conversation then